the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, live and in studio. March 2, Tuesday. It's a call-in show. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. We can talk about anything that you want to talk about, particularly tied towards money. That's my specialty. That's my niche. A little bit of pop culture. Some other issues will come weaving their way in and out. Business headlines. News headlines. I'll always try to give you a different perspective, a fresh perspective, a Generation X perspective. We could talk real estate, how to buy real estate, how to sell real estate. We could talk about mortgage tips. Getting the right mortgage will save you millions of dollars. No, no, no. It'll allow you to save millions of dollars. It'll allow you to save more money. And when you're young and beautiful and hot and sexy, it will grow nicely for you. Eliminating mistakes, probably the biggest part about getting wealthy. And again, when I'm talking wealthy, I am not. I am not talking Donald Trump kind of crap. I'm not talking Kiyosaki kind of crap. I'm not talking millions and millions and millions. I'm talking about having enough money to last until the day you die. That's my goal on this show. You cut down your mistakes, that'll be you. On occasion, I'll add in some technology digital lifestyle. Because that's stuff that fascinates me, you know, each and every day where technology is going. Plus, there's an investment angle on it. Plus, there's a business angle on it. For instance, you have a Apple iPhone. And I flew yesterday, and I can tell you everyone has Apple iPhones. Or it seems like everyone has Apple iPhones. And you haven't maxed out your 401k or your Roth IRA. If you're 30 years old and you don't have $10,000 saved, you might work till the day you die. If you're 40 years old and you don't have forty dollars to $100,000 saved, you might work till the day you die. But if you have your Apple iPhone, wee, sweet, sweet, you're just a, a fool. You know, spending a couple hundred bucks on the phone, a couple hundred bucks a month on uh, the data plan, the, the phone plan, it's insane. To get your calls in there, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's see, there's uh, one of the things I like, lifestyle, is HBO. Many, many, many years ago, HBO really started to get a, you know, a kind of crack in versus broadcast television. The Sopranos, everyone talked about it. Tony Soprano, pretty normal guy who happened to be a mafia boss. 
we pay our 20 bucks, 30 bucks a month for our HBO, our 30 bucks, 40 bucks a month for our regular cable, our 10 bucks, our 20 bucks for digital platform on top of it. I spent a lot of money on this stuff. You know it and I know, right? Anyway, long story short, HBO is redefining television, slowly but surely. They had a big hit with Sex and the City. They had a big hit with, you know, Deadwood. Um, they've done a pretty good job of, of coming, you know, uh, Six Feet Under. Story about a funeral home? Alan Ball? Like, that wasn't, didn't sound like it would work. And yet it was charming and, and worked incredibly well. So Dustin Hoffman's been signed to do a pilot for HBO's new drama called Luck. It's by a guy named David Milch. David Milch just hit some home runs and he's strikeouts. He did NYPD Blue, home run. He did Deadwood, home run. He did John from Cincinnati, which was about a surfer who might have been Jesus Christ. John from Cincinnati, J.C. You get the basic idea, right? J.C. A lot of writers, they're just not that subtle, right? Movie Avatar has got a character with J.C. initials. Hmm. I wonder who he's supposed to be. So, uh, anyway, Dustin Hoffman, it's going to be a a TV show about horse racing and gambling. So, you know, uh, True Blood, you know, all all the the television shows that they got going at HBO, they've done a pretty good job, all things considered. So, and again, it's TV worth paying for. Many years ago, back in the 70s, when cable was first really being rolled out commercially, the idea was you wouldn't have to have rabbit ears. Isn't it funny, rabbit ears? That's my lifetime. That's maybe your lifetime if you're over 30. TV antennas. It's crazy, right? So it seems like such a long time ago. It seems like maybe like we were watching TV shows like Rhoda back when we had to get up. Oh, remember getting up and turning the channel? Remote controls are in our lifetime. Anyway, um, in other broadcast news area, Katie Couric. Huge experiment at CBS to put a woman anchor in. Huge experiment. And a lot of people would say it failed. A lot of people would say that the overall, you know, who watches news from 6 to 630 when you have options like CNN and you have options like uh, MSNBC to get your news? And don't we want to get the news coddled to us, present it to us in a way that we feel comfortable? If you're a Republican, you want to watch Fox. If you're a conservative, liberal, then you... You know, you switch over to MSNBC, CNN, where are they? Quick and easy. You want to get your news fast and furious and go to CNN uh, 2. So, anyway, uh, long story short, where do we go with this? Oh, 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 CBS, they're starting to get rumors around that they're trying to get Anderson Cooper to replace Katie Kirk on CBS News. Still won't watch the news. Still don't need it. Don't need that 6 o'clock to 6. That's my mom and dad. That's like my generation's, my, my parents did this, not me. So, anyway... What am I going to be doing this summer? Maybe working with Budweiser. There's no chance. But again, just again, showing you where the internet is going. Budweiser is casting for Bud House, which will be a web reality show. In celebration of the 2010 World Cup, which I'm excited for. And by the way, did you watch that gold medal game on Sunday? Holy mackerel. USA, USA. They come back from 2-0 to tie it 2-2. And they'd lose it in overtime. Oh, heartbreaker. I was at a cantina and, uh, well, how shall we say, the patrons lost their, lost lost it when the U.S. tied it up with 26 seconds left to go. Anyway, um, so the World Cup Budweiser. They're casting Bud House, which is a web-based reality show. It's going to feature a house full of passionate soccer fans. 
one from each of the 32 countries, and very, very likely lots and lots of beer. This sounds awful, doesn't it? Not since Jerry Springer has been there been a better recipe for a fist fight. So, I don't know. I'm not going to watch it. You might watch it. You have to submit a short video right here, right now. And then you get it to them, and you have to tell them why you're a super fan, and they're going to be serious about maximizing exposure. They're going to release all the application videos. They're going to include the rejections. Collection will no doubt be a trove of videos from crazed fans doing everything from juggling soccer balls to reciting teams' rosters backwards and forwards. It should be pretty funny. It's not me. It's not bullet shot into my demographic, but I get it. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. One of my goals in the show is to educate you and try to do it in an infotaining sort of manner. I get up early, read the papers, study the reports, study the business coming out of Asia. It's the first thing that you have to really look into. See if there's a story that's not U.S.-based, not U.S.-centric. See how that's going to affect the stock markets. I don't really talk every single day about the stock market, and I definitely don't go out of my way to say, hey, looky, looky, the stock market's up, or hey, looky, looky, the stock market's down, because I don't want you doing that. I do it for a living. To me, it's cute. Where the stock market is today means nothing. It's where it is when you need it. It's where it is when you're retired. That's why you manage your risk more so in retirement than you do early on. Early on, you're accumulating assets, and you could accumulate risky assets. I'm, I'm not bad with that. I'm totally good with that. Stocks today are, are kind of up slightly on news that, you know, Ford sales have jumped. Now, Ford sales have jumped. What, that, what does that probably mean? Probably means that Toyota is just getting murder-lated. And if you would guess that, you're right. Their sales down 19% year over year. It's interesting. Probably the best time in the world to be buying Toyota in large part because you got the most leverage and negotiating that you've had in years. Two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, when everyone had to have a Toyota a Prius, you had to wait. They said, be cool, fool. We'll get back to you in two, three, four, five months with the car that you want. Now they're practically begging to, you know, get you to sit in their vehicles and just try them. So, so Dow's up, NASDAQ's up, S&P 500's up. Again, I don't care, though. Dow's just 30 stocks. I don't think I own any of them. NASDAQ is is tech-heavy, and I don't think a portfolio should be tech-heavy. I think it should be market-weighted. Well, this year, I think it actually should be heavy on your portfolio in large part because I think tech does do well this year because they got the best earnings right now. Best valuations are in telecom and utilities. Growth is in uh, technology. So REITs look really intriguing as far as the, the riskiest class. Now, S&P 500, again, market-weighted index doesn't mean that much to me. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I think we're having some technical difficulties because we've had two calls come in and they've both been lost. So uh, be patient. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. One of the areas that pisses me off is payday lenders. 
I hate them. I hate them. I find them vile. I think they're important to our economy. They give illegal immigrants a place to cash a check. But the high fees are obnoxious. You know, the unemployed right now, the jobless in America, 12% in California. The payday loan, you could actually take your California unemployment check and take it to a payday loan source. Payday lenders, they typically provide workers with cash advances on paychecks. They're offering the same service now with those who are getting unemployment. Now, a typical unemployment check is about $300 a week. So you can walk into a payday loan company right now and say, hey, I want $300. And they say, well, sign us a check for $300 that, that you will you know, cover when your unemployment check comes. So a typical unemployment take, they'll take $45 out of that $300. They'll give you $255. You give them $300. Annualized, that's a rate, interest rate of 459%. That's the most stunning, most most awe-inspired, just that's crazy. So the industry has grown. <laughs> I should go start a, a, a payday loan company because the industry is growing right now. The jobless rate has increased. More people uh, need money. They need advances. They, they want their unemployment check today so they can pay bills that they accrued last week. And it's a little bit of a vicious cycle because you're paying 459% interest rate to get your money a week early. That's crazy. Now, lenders market the product as giving assistance. I find it to be vile. In California, the unemployment rate is 12.4%. It's legal. Payday lending, uh, it's regulated by states. Lenders are not required to check sources of income. A borrower, all they need is to come in with a bank account and a valid identification to get a loan. In California, close to 1.4 million jobless residents are getting unemployment benefits out of a pool of about 2.3 million who are unemployed. Weekly benefits range from 40 bucks to 450, normally last 26 weeks. With regular checks rolling in, the unemployed can be reliable borrowers for payday lenders. By law, they can only charge $15 fee for every $100 borrowed. Maximum loan in California is $300, which can coincidentally, it's just about the size of that unemployment check. In California, the maximum annual interest rate for a large charge is 459%. Wyoming, they're allowed to charge 782%. Maine, 870%. So when you see these payday loan businesses, every time I drive by them, I go, boo, boo. I mean, that's highway robbery. Let's go to David in South San Francisco. Hey, good morning, Rob. Morning, David. I want to share with you some experience I have with a uh, credit card company. Um, recently, I um, we we were we made payment, but we were a day late, so they charged us a uh, fee, a late fee. So I called them up, and they said, "Oh, okay, we'll we'll waive it, they, uh, a one-time courtesy." And um, and it never never showed up on the account. So I called them back, and they said, "Well, no, we're not going to waive it." So I said to them, "Well, why?" Why would you, why would you handle your customers in that way? Say one thing, then do another. And if I stop using the account, um, would that be a benefit to you? Because it doesn't make any difference to me. I can use a different account. And bottom line was, they were more afraid of me not using the account as opposed to canceling the account. Hmm. So they they waived this fee. How much was the fee? Oh, 39 bucks. You know, okay. It's just a typical late fee. Uh, a, a, 
experience I had uh, probably a year prior to this was uh, similar uh, with a, a sim, uh, you know, similar fee amount, but uh, we closed the account. I thought, well, that was a mistake. I should have kept the account open but not used it and just told them, well, I'm sending my business somewhere else. Now, if you want to cooperate with me and, and waive a fee, I'll start using the account again. So I, 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 by closing the account, I lost my leverage. In, in this situation, the current one, I kept the account open. I said, I told them, I can use the account or not. It depends on how you want to uh, uh, cooperate with me. Okay. So what's your opinion of credit card companies, David? Do you think they're, are they a huge convenience in your life or are they evil companies who try to take money from you? <laughs> they are a huge convenience provided, yeah. you know, for me, because I, we, we don't carry a balance. Right. Um, they are generally very cooperative when I have a, uh, a dispute with a, um, uh, online credit, uh, with an online retailer. Um, I, I like, I like having credit cards. I don't like the fact that it, it must drive up prices somewhat versus using cash, but, um, the convenience, uh, convenience outweighs that. Yeah. I think you're going to see some 21st century companies really develop, David. And thanks for the call. What you're talking about, it driving up fees, that's fascinating. Um, if you track a web, if you track, I'm sorry, a credit card, from the time you pull it out at a merchant, by the time they swipe it, by the time the fees get transferred, by the time the uh, retail outlet has to request fees, by the time it goes from your account to Visa, Visa to... Uh, the owner of the retail establishment. It's it's a 14-step process. And money should be cheaper. Money should move faster. It should be a three-step process. For instance, at iTunes now, you can get a subscription to, say, a TV show. And Apple has your account. And basically, you pay it, and they pay it to the person. That's a three-step account. So it, it's it's a lot faster. It's a lot more efficient. It's less expensive. Another example is, and Twitter's trying to do this, where, say me and Heidi go see a movie, and we go see Alice in Wonderland, and I, I cover her because she didn't have enough cash, and you know, you're, you want to get two tickets at the window, you don't want to say, I'll get mine, you get yours, or let's say we go to dinner, and you know, we don't tell the waitress, hey, split the check for us. Twitter's doing something right now called Twitter Pay, where she could put my name on the screen, Rob Black Show, that's my Twitter account. She could type it into her phone and then put dollar sign 30. So if our, our check was 60 bucks, she could instantly transfer 30 bucks to me. It's a pretty cool thought. So it could ultimately put Visa and MasterCard out of business. It could ultimately lower the cost of money. PayPal is a good example of this. It's a great example of it, in fact, where the money goes straight from your account to someone else's account. It's faster. It's much more efficient. It's cheaper. So, and again, the fewer steps you have involved, the less cost, because ultimately, anytime someone transfers money or wires money or receives money or approves money, they take a piece of the action. So, and it's going to be an interesting 21st century to see, does Twitter pay catch on? Does PayPal catch on? Or how about this? I have a cell phone. She has a cell phone. How about she just transfers, she gives me $30 of credit. So her phone bill goes up by 30 bucks this month. My phone bill goes down by 30 bucks. You don't think Verizon and, and AT&T would love that? Absolutely love being in the business of cash. 
Get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Microsoft speaking at a tech conference. Coming up, I'm going to tell you what they have to say about Microsoft. I'll tell you what they have to say about technology in general. It's 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. In about ten minutes, I'm gonna have CFP Chad Burton on air talking about issues that CFPs talk about. Financial planning, a lot different than what I talk a lot about wealth accumulation. He's more of a manager. I'm more of a creator as far as wealth. I think there's two phases. I think there's the period in your life where you create wealth. You continue to push your education higher. You continue to push your skill set higher so that you can always count on yourself to earn more money. It's it's movie season with the Academy Awards this weekend. And for instance, do you remember the girl in the movie Working Girl? That's a good example of what I'm trying to talk about, where she was, you know, a super sexy secretary. But at night she went to, to school. She got her business degree degree at, at night school. Do you remember that? So your earning power, in my opinion, is rooted in your education. It's rooted in your job skills. It's the most valuable asset you'll ever own. It can't be wiped out with a market crash. It can't be wiped out with a dot-com bubble. It can't be wiped out with a real estate bubble. Keep your earning power growing. Stay educated. Do everything you can to personally develop a skill set. So I, I can't push that enough. So, you know, I I see movies like Working Girl and I go, hey, hey, you know, there's an investment lesson there, right? Or do you remember Gran Torino? That's another great film, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood just came out with 35 of his movies on DVD for a hundred bucks. That's like three bucks a movie. I don't know. Could you sit there and watch 35 Clint Eastwood films without, how shall we say, uh, (laughs) stretching yourself? I don't know. In today's rough times, uh, you can learn a little bit from Grand Trina. Do you remember um, Kowalski? His name was Kowalski. He was embittered. He was angry. Uh, he was a Vietnam vet. or No, no, he was a Korean vet. He had this great 1972 Grand Trino. So tons of racial slurs, tons, scenes of violence. Um, Kowalski loved his wife. And he had this... This friendship that got a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper with a Korean family next door. Now, in the end, guess who gets the house, the car, and his beloved yellow Labrador? They all end up where he thinks they're going to do the most good. So he write a will. Right now, two-thirds of Americans neglect to tackle this basic estate planning chore. You don't let a court divvy up your assets. That's foolish. Write a will. For instance, I got a will. Inside it, most of it would go to my loved one. But there are some specifics that I want to go back to family members, to sisters, to brothers, to family members. If you have a child and you don't have a will, I think you're neglectful. I really do. If you have a child and you haven't decided who he goes to, if both you and the spouse get hit by a car, I think you're being neglectful. I think you're a bad parent. If you haven't talked to the person that you want to give the child to, I think you're a bad parent. You have to talk to that aunt, that uncle, your parents, 
your sister, that cousin. And you got to make sure that your kid's going to be, you know, put in the right place. You know, is he going to be rooted from, taken from his home? You got to make sure that's comfortable for all parties. So if, you know, you and your spouse die and you get a million dollars in life insurance for your kid, and suddenly your sister's raising your kid with a million dollars, you know, that's dedicated for your child, but not her child. How do you think that's going to play? So you ultimately got to look at that kind of stuff. And you, you really got to feel very, very comfortable. It's a tough conversation, but you got to have it. Now, Microsoft is speaking in a Morgan Stanley tech conference. I love these tech conferences. When I was an active investment advisor, when I was an active analyst, I would always go to these. These, I mean, they were super great. And now what I do is I basically read the reviews after they're done or I listen to the keynotes before or after. So Microsoft CFO is out there and he's talking about cloud computing. And he says this is a huge opportunity. Broad assets try to deliver a complete user experience. Right now, a lot of the stuff that's in the cloud, it takes you a second or two. Like you can get to your desktop if it's remotely hosted somewhere else, but it doesn't quite feel right. It's not real. So Windows 7 has sold 90 million copies. Expect that growth to continue. Second half return of growth to enterprise. That's what the CFO is telling us. And he's looking at his operating expenses, and he gives us a number of $26.2 billion or $26.5 million. And one of the cool things you could do as an investor is have a spreadsheet. And you start your own spreadsheet and find out what's important to you. You know, every 90 days, Microsoft tells us what their gross margins are. They tell us what their income is. They tell us what their tax rate is. They tell us what their earnings are. They tell us how much it costs them to make that type of money in their operating expenses. So they tell us the server revenues. They tell us the video game revenues. They tell us the, you know, software revenues, Microsoft Office revenues. If you keep a spreadsheet, like you could start watching for trends. It's work, but investing is work. It's not, you know, instant gratification. So... I don't know. CFO uh, is excited with, they've got a a new gaming technology called Natal. And what's it going to do? And what's it going to do for the Xbox 360? It's pretty cool. It's it's like hand movements. And you you remember the Tom Cruise movie where he's in the future and he's, he's moving like a screen with his left. He's pushing it left and the screen moves to the left. He's just a hand motion, Uh, you know, up and the screen moves up and uh, you know, you could double click on a screen it's very similar to that. So Microsoft spends more money in research and development than some companies make in revenue. Microsoft could make billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars more profit if they shut down their R&D lab. So that's how they've stayed one step ahead, or they've tried to stay one step ahead. And man, they just can't, they can't do Apple as well as Apple can do Apple. Microsoft is, they're telling us some pretty good, in, good uh, uh, insight into what's happening out there. They've got some distribution deals with Bing. Bing is their new search engine that seems to be gaining a little bit of traction. So I I like Bing search engine. But again, I like Google better. I just trust Google a little bit more. Now, if I have a a trip that I'm taking to Mexico and I'm looking for a, a shack, I'm looking for a shack that is cheap, I will use both Bing and Google. I will. Uh, But I'll start with Google. If I find what I need done, then I'll go to Bing if not. So, and that's the problem with Microsoft is that they seem to be a poor man's uh, Google or they seem to be a poor man's Apple or they seem to be a poor man's, but yet their installed base would make Google drool, would make Apple drool. 
So they got a, they got a pretty good business, if you know what I'm saying. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Coming up, we got Chad Burton. A little later in the show, I'm going to be talking about Apple and Netflix. Very, very cool getting Netflix on your iPhone. Is it coming? Would AT&T absolutely hate that? Ooh, AT&T would absolutely hate that. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's the Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Rusinowski just posted on my Facebook page, USA and Canada, that they gave fans one of the best hockey games of all time. It was spooky. It was a really, really good game. And it really showed you um, both nations in a really good light. It showed you the pluckiness of the United States, and it showed you the talent of Canada when it comes to hockey. I'm glad the tournament was as successful as it was for the United States. And uh, there's no shame in silver. There's no shame in silver. Now, that's the upside of Facebook. Great way to communicate, right? Dan Rusnowski, voice of the San Jose Sharks on our show every Friday talking Sharks hockey. He'll resume this week. Great example. And here's a not-so-great example. Jacqueline Bennett, the weather girl from Cron, she just posted, I'm going to give it six months before Jake and that whore Vienna break up. What a moron. Did anyone watch the season finale of The Bachelor last night? Uh, see, that's where Jack Bennett doesn't really come across as intelligible speaking of intelligible don't you miss george bush and all of his great pull quotes let's bring in certified financial planner and very intelligible chad burton yeah let's talk some financial strategery strategery good pull i can't come up with any more intelligible and strategery that's it i think those were the two of the best so anyway um cfp what does a cfp do a certified financial planner looks at um, it basically all aspects of a person's financial life, not just investments or not just insurance. And that's really where two people get most you know, the people mostly get sold is investments or insurance. Look at taxes, retirement planning, estate planning, taxes, and how everything works together. Um, there's different types of CFPs. There are some that are insurance agents, and are some that are brokers, but. Um, you know, the ones that you go to that can say that they act as a fiduciary or or they're fee-based or fee-only, that's the type that you really want to go to. Now, let, let's throw some stuff at you and see how you respond. And let's see what sort of investment lessons we can learn from Mr. Chad Burton. Yesterday, it was announced that AIG sold their life insurance, Asian life insurance business for $35 billion. It was twice what the CEO was expecting to get during the depths of the financial crisis. So, What's the investment lesson there? Well, the investment lesson is a company as large as AIG on a breakup has many different pieces to it, and that was just one of the pieces. There was also um, one or two other pretty profitable pieces of AIG, but it was you know one piece of the company that was the hardest to understand that brought it down, and that was the part that was dealing in derivatives. Um, so the investment lesson there is, is is when you get a company that's extremely large and very difficult to understand, um, you know, sometimes if you don't understand the company, don't invest in it because if you can't analyze every piece of it, um, you know, let the leave it up to the professionals or or buy something else. Now, what I found in that little pull quote that I just threw at you is they got double what they would have got during times of despair. And we at home, the home listeners, the home viewers, so to speak, um, try not to ever get in a situation where you have to do something in an emergency because you're not going to get the best price for it. 
Um, so make sure you have a rainy day fund so that you can ride it out. And AIG had a rainy day fund called the United States government who threw billions and billions and billions of dollars at them and basically gave them a lifeline. Um, and we all need a lifeline from time to time. So up your reserve account. Well, and especially if you're going to get into rental properties, we talk about this all the time, but you know, if you don't have a, a reserve for a rental property and you have some vacancy situations or some damage that you've got to fix, and you know, if, you, if you can't afford to fix it, which means you can't get a new renter, you're going to be forced to sell the property. You're going to have to sell it, otherwise it's going to affect your credit and everything else. And then you're forced to do it at probably a time that's really, really bad. So up your emergency reserves personally and especially if you're going to do real estate. Now, a recent survey of more than 1,000 shoppers indicates hemlines are headed above the knee, which legend has it means the economy is starting to improve. The observation that skirts will be moving up to just above or below the knee, it's a response response of a majority of the the respondents. So hemlines are moving up, and typically that's a good thing for the economy. Are you going to go out and double down now, Chad, because hemlines are moving up? No, probably not, but I want to know, you know, skinny jeans for kids are coming back, too. Those skinny leg black jeans like the emo kids wear. Yeah. Those are coming back. I wonder if there's anything tied to the stock market on that. I love skirts, and I love jeans. That's all I got to say is I love them. I love them. When we're using women's fashion as a way to gauge the economy, it's insightful to me that (laughs) you can basically pull anything out of your butt at times and uh, make a financial comment on it. Well, yeah, and who's the the lucky guy that said, hmm, I really like skirts and I really like the stock market, so I'm going to do a study and get paid for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, skirts are moving up. That means good things for the economy. People are more optimistic. They're showing more skin. Like it. Like it a lot. Now, Chad, you wanted to mention an article about whole life insurance that was in the Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal is the financial Bible, in my opinion. It's a must-read on a daily basis. What's this article that you point to on whole life insurance? Well, let's just add a quick look. It talks about whole life insurance was kind of a shining star through the correction, and that's because whole life insurance um, is really inside of it. It's insurance that has a kind of a savings account inside of the policy. And so you and I talk about all the time, you know, buy term and invest the difference. Um, about 90% of the population should be buying term insurance and investing as much as they can in their 401ks and everything else. If you're really wealthy or have a high income, then you can look at other types of permanent insurance, whole life and variable life. Um, so I just wanted to point out that if people read an article and they don't want to, and they're about to sit down with an insurance agent, most people still, still should not go out and buy whole life insurance. They should buy term insurance and put as much money as they can in their 401ks and their Roths. But if you have an old whole life insurance policy that maybe you bought or your parents bought you 10 plus years ago, it's probably still a good deal if it's one of those older policies, Rob. So what people can do is call their agent if they have one of these whole life policies. They give me an in-force illustration, and you can calculate how much money you're putting in every year. Um, as long as your cash value is growing by 5% or more, it's a good place to hold kind of your safe money or your emergency reserve. So don't be super fast to get rid of it, and definitely don't be fast to buy it. Now, what's the difference between whole life insurance and variable life insurance and term life insurance? And what's your comments on variable life insurance? Well, term life insurance, it's kind of like, you know, your auto insurance, you just pay for it, pay for it, and, and you know, it, there, there's no savings involved in it. Um, it's super cheap, and it's usually the way to go because you don't want insurance as your primary investment tool. You want your primary investment tool to be your 401k and Roths and things like that. Variable life insurance, you pay a lot more than term, but a good portion of your premium goes into uh, sub-accounts, which mirror mutual funds. So it's, it's a way to invest in the stock market inside of your variable life in, insurance policy. 
so at some point, um, you know, you have a large cash value that you're supposed to be able to use in retirement, um, and there's ways to pull the money out tax-free. However, a lot of times these things don't perform the way that they're supposed to. There's different moving parts in these things. The fees can go up much higher than what they're illustrated to you for when they're sold to you. And so, long story short, when somebody tells you, hey, this is a life insurance policy, but it's also a savings vehicle, you know, unless you're maxing out your 401k, your spouse is maxing out their 401k, you've maxed out your Roth IRAs, you've got 6 to 12 months in in savings and emergency reserves and another 6 to 12 months in, in investments outside of retirement accounts, and you still have extra income, Fine. Look for the low-load variable life policies, but unless you're in that, you know, five to ten percent of the population that's able to do that, then steer clear of variable life. Go with the term and invest the difference into your 401k. This term is a lot cheaper. Term is a lot cheaper, and it's easier to think of too. When you get married and you're a high-income earner and the spouse isn't, get term for 20 years. When you have a baby, get term for 20 years. It's like it's it's easily digestible, and it makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. It does, and I've got an example of somebody that bought the wrong policy. If you want, no, no. you sure? Are you really? Is it a good story? Well, it's kind of one that that tells you to be careful of um, of insurance agents that kind of disguise themselves as as investment advisors. Yeah, I don't like insurance agents. All right, want me to want me to tell you then? Sure, go ahead. All right. Well, I've got I I, I ran into a couple there in their early forties, a couple of kids, right, and they. Um, the husband's grandfather passed away, and he was named. The husband was named as a beneficiary in two hundred fifty thousand dollars of life insurance. So, yeah, nice inheritance, right? Yeah. So the life insurance agent that kind of delivered the check to him also really took them on as a client, and he gave them some good advice and some bad advice. The first good advice was, is he got the couple to pay off two cars and some student loans that they weren't getting a deduction for anymore, and so it freed up twelve hundred dollars a month. But the bad part was is that the insurance agent then took that $1,200 a month and put them into a variable life insurance policy. Um, they paid for it for two years and then realized that they weren't maxing out their 401K. In fact, they weren't even putting enough into their 401Ks to get the full employer match. So the insurance agent was so bent on getting a commission that he told them to buy life insurance rather than putting money into the 401K and getting an employer match. Because if that twelve hundred dollars would have gone into the four hundred one k, they would have they would have uh, saved about six hundred dollars a month in taxes, in addition to it. So you've got to be careful of people that give you financial advice but sell you product because typically they can't say they're your fiduciary. They're they're going to say, hey, I'm my family's fiduciary. I got to make a commission first. The thing I like about independent CFPs is now you can get a CFP at a bank, but they tend to push bank products. The thing I like about independent CFPs is they can pick from twelve thousand plus products and tailor them to individual people, where if you work for a bank or an insurance company, you're, you typically get pushed product by your your, your superior, so to speak. Um, there's contest on how much you know whole life can be sold. There's contest on how many annuities are sold. Um, it's pretty vile, but yet it's a common practice. Yeah, even though there's, they say they're fee-based, they're, they've got a limited number of funds that they can offer you in that account, and they still have production quotas, so they're, they're, they're still getting pushed. So most of the time, the people that, they, that work at a large institution cannot say they're fiduciaries. You need to come up with a, a Facebook group, something like I love Chad Burton, because i got a Facebook group called I Hate Rob Black. We need to send people somewhere where they can find you. So before you're on next time, come up with something good, okay? All right, we'll do. And I just got a, a message on my Facebook group page from Michael Johns, and he goes, "Hey, Big Robbie Rob, glad you got out. Nice to see one of us making it in society. I'm up for parole next year." 
So this guy, Michael Johns, thinks I was in prison with him. That's the, that's the other Rob Black. I ain't never been in prison, is what I posted. And I, I, I coyly said, now, jail is a different topic, but prison, never been in prison. <laughs> is that a short-term stay or long-term stay? No comment. No comment. Thanks for the call, Chad. You can find Chad out on the web at debdebdebchadburton.com, chadburton.com. I'm Rob Black. The show is not Money Talk with Bob Brinker. No, no, no. The show is not name boring topics with Ron Owens. No, no, no. The show is The Rob Black Show, and this show is all about money. It's all about investments. It's all about not so much how to do it right sometimes, but how not to do it wrong. And for instance, that life insurance po- uh, segment with Chad was, was how not to do it wrong. It really wasn't about how to do it right because we ter- buy term, invest the rest done it gets cliche it becomes a mantra it's easy and yet we keep getting sold crap product and it's crap 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 so um that's what the show is uh the show needs you to call in 800-345-5639 it's 800-345-5639 you can always black.com rob robblack.com or you can jump on the live blog at talk910.com talk910.com and comment there it's rob black show 910 a.m more stimulating talk Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.